Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Sign up with my bookie. Use our promo code Gators to get your first ever deposit match dollar for dollar. Bet anything, anywhere, anytime with my bookie. And it's Black Friday coming up, and you can take advantage at manscaped.com. Get 25% off this Black Friday off your entire order. Get free shipping. Use code GATORSBREAK20. That code's still the same, even though you get 25% off of Black Friday. Use code GATORSBREAK20. Want more Gators Breakdown? Join Gators Breakdown Plus. Starting at $3 a month, get access to unique episodes, plus a blog, chat room, giveaways, shoutouts, and more. Gators Breakdown Plus is furthering the interaction with fans and listeners like you. Head to gatorsbreakdown.supportingcast.fm to join Gators Breakdown Plus today. Gators Breakdown. Because there's never a dull moment in Gator Nation. The Gators Breakdown Podcast is ready to go. I'm your host, David Waters, and you can find me on Twitter at GatorDave underscore SEC. Coming at you on the heels of the announcement, Dan Mullen has been fired from the University of Florida. Florida will move on after this disastrous season here in 2021, a year after. Dan Mullen wins the East, goes to the SEC Championship game, plays Alabama in a very tough game, of course, but the collapse of last season, the collapse of this season, all paired together with some other things that we'll get into here that leads the way for Dan Mullen in Florida to part ways in his fourth season. I can't say we should be surprised at this point. I think it was trending this way. I think we all kind of knew – where these last two games probably stood uh, in the grand scheme of things. To me, it goes back to the South Carolina game. I didn't make my determination that I think it was time for Florida to move on to after uh, that debacle in Columbia, South Carolina a couple weeks ago. And uh, that just continued um, in a very lackluster performance versus Sanford last week. And then for completely different reasons, a lackluster performance in Columbia, Missouri. That's going to be Dem Mullen's last game as Gators head coach as he is fired today after Florida loses 24-23 to to Missouri, uh, giving Florida a 5-6 record on the season, 5-6 and six record going into the FSU game. And I think the timing is very important here. I think, uh, look, I was getting prepared for just a normal uh, – not really normal because I think we all knew the big question – big questions that were out there as far as Dan Mullen's future would be for Florida. 
Uh, but sitting here prepared, I was getting ready to go live just for our normal game review episode, looking back at the Missouri game and and the ugliness that was. Uh, but uh, I was kind of taking my time because uh, I figured there could be uh, an announcement today. But we all knew, uh, I think, for no matter if you were ready to move on or not, about what these last two games probably meant. And Dan Mullen could not lose uh, to Missouri and or Florida State. And now he won't even get the chance uh, versus Florida State as Florida decides to move on uh, from Dan Mullen. So uh, it is official uh, as well. And um, sorry, phone's blowing up. So <laughs> I'm going to like I got work calling me, the TV station calling me and all that stuff. So uh, definitely yeah, I'm going to be busy. Um going through here um so let me get this text out right quick okay there we go um but yeah um i think we could kind of tell this one uh what was coming but florida did announce officially uh on their end as well uh that gators part ways with dan mullen uh university of florida has parted ways with head football coach dan mullen athletics director scott strickland announced on sunday Special teams coordinator, running backs coach Greg Knox will serve as interim coach for a Florida State game. Uh, Greg Knox served as interim at Mississippi State when Dan Mullen left Mississippi State uh, to come to Florida. He coached uh, Louisville in the, in the Tax Slayer Bowl that year. Uh, summary here from the University of Florida. Mullen finished with a 34-15 and 15 record at Florida after four seasons. During his tenure at Florida, Mullen won 21 SEC games, led the Gators to three New Year's Six Bowls in the SEC Championship game in 2020. Gators are five and six, two and six in the SEC in 2021. Uh, this is uh, about two o'clock on Sunday. Scott Strickland will hold a press conference at 3 p.m. on Sunday. So there's your official word from Florida. We'll get more from Scott Strickland, athletic director from Florida, uh, at three o'clock. But there we go. Um, it's official from everywhere. Got word probably around 12, 12.30 that there was going to be a team meeting at 1.30. You could read the tea leaves right there. That is not a normal circumstance for Florida. So you could kind of see where this was going uh, once that started coming out. And uh, there we go. Um, it is official that Dan Mullen would not be head coach at University of Florida any longer uh, in his fourth year. And you know, how did we get to this point? Uh, I, I think um, is definitely worth the discussion here. Um, a lot of success coming in coming in to the fourth season uh, and then starting off successfully that fourth season uh, in some way this year. Uh, and then just the bottom fell out uh, at, for, at, at this season. So um, all goes back. Dan Mullen gets tired, takes over for Jim McElwain. Maybe you overachieved in those first couple of years. Give him all the credit in the world for turning Florida football around, making Florida football fun again. Florida's winning games. Florida's winning double-digit games in those first two years. Maybe over uh over exceeded the expectations there and maybe some unfairly uh put some bigger expectations there but either way when Dan Mullen was hired in 2018 did I sit here and say well in year four you know Florida's going to have a losing record a losing SEC record no SEC championships to his name and I wouldn't I wouldn't I would not have accepted that in 2018 if you would have told me in 2018 when Dan Mullen's hired in his fourth year that there's enough time uh, right there. I think if your program is in the going in the right direction. Uh, and that was, you know, I, Dan Mullen was my first choice. He was the choice I wanted to replace Jim McElwain for what Florida needed at the time. Go get the offense turned around. I had a pretty, 
you know, sneaky suspicion, not sneaky, because he, he had a good, pretty good resume, a good suspicion there that he'd be able to turn uh, the, the Florida offense around, and he did. Um, Record-setting offense last year in 2020. Uh, but it was just the inconsistencies uh, that really doomed Dan Mullen's career and all set up by when he was hired, as big as I wanted to hire for Dan Mullen, as big as I wanted him to be the guy, be successful, it was always about, okay, I think he's a good enough coach. Can he be a good enough recruiter? And we brought on Mississippi State personalities, Matt Wyatt in particular, who said his recruiting probably would not satisfy Florida fans. But, you know, here we are. We're sitting here told, well, it wouldn't matter. He's going to develop his players out of it. He's a, he's a better developer than Kirby Smart. He's a better coach than Kirby Smart. He'll, he'll get past Georgia. He'll get past Georgia on a consistent level because he develops his players. I was never really fully able to jump on that. I, at, at, maybe to a fault at points, we were told we cared too much about recruiting. Didn't play out that way. Play out exactly well, – I won't even say exactly. Like, it even got worse uh, this year. But I, I was going to sit here and say the whole time that the, the recruiting wasn't at a point to where Dan Mullen could ever win an SEC championship. Just not. Not with Alabama in, in, in the conference. Not with Georgia in the conference in the division. So, even going back to 2018 and winning all those games, 2018, 2019, winning all those games, winning a lot of games in 2020 before the collapse – at the end of the season, but it was never going to be sustainable. You were never going to be a consistent championship contender as Dan, with Deb Mullen as head coach. And then the consistency, partly in that, and partly because one of the other faults of Dan Mullen, hanging on to assistance too long. First of all, bringing in a lot of the assistants from Mississippi State that were never known as elite recruiters, never known as the guys that would go out there and, and, and close a deal and go out recruit everybody on there. And then the demo admitted plenty of times, you know, that uh, they have their own evaluations. They were going to do it their way. And that way wasn't going to work. Uh, but then also just on the field, sticking with that staff and sticking with John Heavisey, who didn't have the best reputation out there as a, uh, as a recruiter. And then development never really was there either along the offensive line for some, you know, for a lot of this thing, for a lot of these things we were able to count on for the staff. It fell by the wayside this year. Uh, but where was the development uh, in, in his own players in, in year four? You know, if that development wasn't there, I don't care how much you lost the talent. I don't, you know, losing trash, Tony and Pitts. Yeah, that was going to hurt. But if you had been developing your players along the way, you don't get this type of collapse in year four. And that's exactly what happened. A quarterback that was in his fourth year didn't get developed. Um, you know, and probably the lead example besides a defense kind of look, I know I'm going all over the place here, but. Um, the, the consistency and uh, development wasn't there either, but you hung on to staff. Uh, it, it, I mentioned recruiting, mentioned staff. Dan Mullen probably gets a pass. At least he gets a pass from me in 2021 if he had made some of the changes that I think we saw some issues to begin with uh, going back and dating back to 2018, 2019. And then especially in 2020. You know, keeping those staff members hurt recruiting in the end when, when, when you go look at it because that's ultimately what happened. You didn't, you know, Todd Grantham and John Hevesy's recruiting. I mean, defense, you can look at numbers and say, okay, defense's recruiting was better along there, but too many tweeners, too many uh, guys not being able to play linebacker, you, know, you have, having to rely on the transfer portal up front on the defensive line. They'll come back to you know come back to hurt with recruiting falling off there. Uh, 
just hanging on to the staff members, I think would have, I think was the end. Kind of what was the final straw in Dan Mullen's career at Florida. I think he'd have got a pass had he getting, gotten rid of Todd Grantham after the 2020 season. Maybe moved on from John Hevesy earlier as well. And look, I was a big uh, a proponent of maybe the offensive line turning it around by going back to more of this quarterback run-centric offense and the offensive line, John Hevesy, what he's known to be developed, uh, developing offensive linemen for. And we saw some flashes at the beginning of the season, but it wasn't sustainable. Recruiting, again, uh, up front along the offensive line plays a huge factor uh, in not a lot of depth there. We saw that versus Missouri in the very last game of Dan Mullen. Microcosm of of, of consistency, a lack of consistency, and uh, the lack of recruiting, Uh, especially up front along the offensive line. Um, Florida already playing without some guys, and then guys get beat up uh, in the game. Florida can't run the ball on on a defense they're supposed to be able to run the ball against. Uh, And then your fourth-year quarterback not ready to, to, to put the game on his shoulders and go win a game. Uh, just so many, uh, so many things to point to. You can hear my phone <laughs> vibrating like crazy, uh, getting text and tweets uh, left and right there. But I mean, I think that was the the ultimate factors there uh, in Dan Mullen not lasting past you know going going four years, but not lasting the long haul. Uh, for Florida, of going back to the original hires, hiring some of the uh, the buddy system. And there was a lot of success there to bring over from Mississippi State, but it's um, you were never going to get the recruiting side uh, of that. And look, they are in the grand scheme of things, the big picture things. They are good developers. There's a lot of guys you can point to who, not the highly rated five star recruits, that they did a lot with, uh, but to win at this level in the SEC, it's going to, and, and hate that it means so much. I mean, development means a whole lot too, but you got to be developing those four-star, five-star players. And Florida wasn't getting enough of them, getting enough of them. You weren't, I mean, you go back and when you take a look at Dan Mullen and, and, and some of the, the things he was, should have been able to take advantage of. And there's another side of recruiting that comes along with this. You, yeah, you won a lot in 2018 and 2019. The same time Miami and Florida State are struggling, and you were never, ever able to take advantage. You were beating those teams head-to-head. You're in the talent-rich state of Florida, winning a lot of games, could not translate that into recruiting. You And the state of Florida, top athletes, top football players, still going out of state when the flagship school in the state of Florida is winning double-digit games and you could not capitalize on it. Now, I don't want to sit here and say recruiting was – I mean, right now it's pretty bad. Uh, in the grand scheme of things, not awful. In, in the SEC, still mid-tier. And that's not good enough. I hate that it means so much. I hate that it's kind of a predictor of where – what you can do. But it is. That's the, just the harsh reality of it. And didn't get it there. And you had – you had opportunities to take advantage of it. You had an offense in 2020 that's sliding up the scoreboard, setting records, still not able to bounce off of that in the recruiting world. And so all the good that happened, Dan Mullen was never able to take advantage of it. And there were ample, ample chances, all the opportunities in the world to take advantage of it. Florida should have been rolling after 2018 and 2019. 
but we heard about the issues. We saw the issues. Initial staff hires, initial recruiting hire, initial recruiting staff hires were pretty bad. The communication in the recruiting offices were not great. And those those staff members rotated in and out because the initial the initial hires weren't that great. You go back to the, the California project early in Dan Mullen's recruiting tenure at Florida, trying to go hit the West Coast, and that didn't work out. Um, and mostly just not being able to capitalize in-state when Florida State and Miami are down, you're beating those teams head-to-head, and you could not take advantage. Georgia, Alabama still taking advantage. Those schools being able to – to still raid the state of Florida after the flagship schools win in 10, 11 games. That, that probably the biggest factor right there, the DGN, not being able to capitalize when you could capitalize. And then the 2020 season. 2020 season happens. And, you know, all, all the reasonings for COVID plays a factor, something everybody had to go through. But we knew Florida had this offense that was should have been able to to be a championship offense and they weren't because the other side of the ball the defense just completely fell on their face collapsed um, was never able to be counted on and then the, the bottom fell out there on the defense and you had an opportunity to make a difference a change at the end of 2020 that would have bought you some time in 2021 making a defensive coordinator change and it didn't happen it did not happen. You just, you go back in hindsight, says Dan Mullen hitched his wagon to Todd Grantham. That's the sad part of this. That's the bad part of this. I mean, we the signs were there that the defense was not going to be good enough. And now, I don't know if even with that, of course, and like I never expected the defense to be this great defense. I expected them to improve. I expected them to improve to the point where Florida at any point this year is sitting with a losing record, sitting at five and six, and you know, finishing the season at six and six. Did not expect that. Did not expect that whatsoever. So even with the, the defense struggling, um, you thought you'd have an offense to kind of still be able to count on, but consistently, consistent inconsistency in 2021 is pretty much why we're sitting here right now talking about this firing. The 2021 season just marred with inconsistency. The Missouri game, perfect example. A week after Florida's defense couldn't get a stop versus Sanford, okay, they show up, they get their stops. Now it's the offense's turn to not live up to the uh, expectation of what they should under a Dan Mullen-led team. A lot of that falls on recruiting. A lot of that falls on development. All in all, just not getting it done. But look, this isn't just a one-year a one-year thing. A lot of the warning signs were there. Got blasted for bringing up recruiting too much when Dan Mullen's winning 10-11 games in 2018-2019, playing in the SEC championship game in 2020. Is that the ultimate reason for the failures in 2021? No, but it starts there. It absolutely starts there. You can't, you're not going to break me of that one. I think it starts right there. And then there was all the questioning of, you know, Dan Mullen in the NFL after the 2020 season, if he even wanted to be here. I think he somewhat checked out thinking he'd get an NFL job. I think he checked back in. I don't know if he fully checked back in. 
2020, or was it just you know hard enough to to garner it all back, bring it all back in? So, but man, just um, not able to take advantage. I had a point there, and I'm trying to go <laughs> getting text messages and all that stuff. It's throwing me left and right. Everything's throwing me there, but um, I had. You know, some stats, I and mean, I know they're all all being thrown out there um, right now. But let's see. You know, just a bunch of big picture looks uh, here. You know, Nick De La Torre actually tweeted part of this too. And you know, if we go uh, two and six in the SEC this year in twenty twenty one, so. Nick posted last six Florida coaches by SEC record winning percentage. Steve Spurrier, 87.2. Urban Meyer, 75%. Jim McElwain won 72% of his SEC games. Ron Zook, 66%. Dan Mullen is only above Will Muschamp in SEC. SEC record. 61, basically 62%. He's 21 and 13 in SEC games. It's not getting it done. Not getting it done whatsoever. So, you know, the, the point was, this is not just a one-year thing. This is not just... 2021 going bad and deciding to get rid of Dan Mullen. He had his chances to get rid of Todd Grantham, had his chances to get rid of John Hevesy, had his chances not to bring a lot of the, the buddy recruiting, you know, the buddy coaching staff over from Mississippi State. That did him in early on. That, that, that set the stage for kind of what happened. And then if you just want to look deeper at it, and, and this is probably where we should go with it, one in three versus Georgia. One in three versus LSU. You beat LSU your first year, now lost three straight games. 2019, I'll give you a pass. LSU wins the national championship. These last couple years, an LSU team on bare bones? No, that's not happening. You can't. That's unacceptable. You don't lose those games. Two and two versus Kentucky. One and zero versus A&M last year, 2020. Zero and two versus Bama. Played them tough. Not good enough. And then the, what, eight and four with that record, that, that team last year in 2020, this is not just a one-year thing. It's not. It's big picture. Big picture, and that's where it was not getting done. But we'll get more into it. We'll get more into it. But before we do, let's help our sponsors out right here this year. Turkey Day, Thanksgiving, Turkey Day at my book, it gives you plenty of reasons to be thankful. Starting with a $250 risk-free bet on Thursday afternoon, Thanksgiving Day, when the Dallas Cowboys host the Las Vegas Raiders. Bet the spread between the Raiders and Cowboys at my bookie. When you win, you win. And if you don't, my bookie will refund you up to $250. Simply put, you cannot lose this bet. No risk, all gravy. Before you get your wager in, set yourself up for success by doubling your first deposit when using promo code GATORS at MyBookie. That's promo code GATORS to double your initial deposit all the way up to $1,000. So you don't need to break the wishbone to come out ahead on this one. Feast risk-free on Turkey Day with MyBookie and make sure to stick around for seconds as they gear up for what should be a fun Black Friday with tons of odd boosts that will have your belly and pockets full. So bet anything, anywhere, anytime at my bookie this turkey day. And it's the Manscaped.com Black Friday sale. 
Join the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with their grooming needs from nose to toes. Save even more now with 25% off plus free shipping with the code GATORSBREAK20. That code's still the same, but you get an extra 5%. 25% off this Black Friday. Go to manscaped.com. Use code GATORSBREAK20 to save even more this Black Friday. Save on the Performance Package 4.0. That includes the waterproof trimmer, the lawnmower 4.0. Also includes the weed whacker, the best nose ear and trimmer out there. The liquid formulations, the crop preserver ball deodorant, the crop preserver ball toner are here to take your ball game to the next level. And Manscaped even throws in two free gifts in the performance package 4.0, the Manscaped boxers and the shed travel bag. Manscaped's been busy lately as well with the holidays ramping up. They also now are releasing their refined body wash and two-in-one shampoo plus conditioner. Both featured that Manscaped signature scent. So grab this deal while you can. Get 25% off plus free shipping with the code GATORSBREAK20 at manscaped.com. That's 25% off plus free shipping at manscaped.com using code GATORSBREAK20. All right. But, man, look, we weren't even, I wasn't even sure after this, after the Missouri game, what the timeline would be. Do you stick with Dan Mullen for one more game, let him coach uh, the team, uh, in, in one more game, now, the, the, the FSU season ender, FSU, a team that's getting better, a game that's definitely losable for Florida with the way FSU has been improving and the way Florida has been playing lately. Um, but Dan Mullen would not get that chance uh, to coach against Florida State. And a couple ways to look at that. Uh, if a move should be made, you make it. Um, I don't think we should really be surprised that he's not going to be able to. I don't know if he was even given the option to. don't know if they just decided to go ahead and part ways. Uh, w- with that, I mean, now you're looking at a quote-unquote for sure loss versus FSU, now sitting at five and six uh, right now, a win that would get you bowl eligible uh, for the season. Grand scheme of things doesn't really matter uh, there, but kind of, you know, you, you do kind of have to look at the timing of this, uh, and that was I mean, part of the reason why well didn't go too you know didn't go live too early uh, this morning looking at the Missouri game because I had the feeling that this could happen uh, today, but time was waiting by and and, and then there it goes. Uh, but unfortunate, um, as I said, look, uh, always fan first here. I don't want to have no matter who the head coach is. I don't want to have the conversation of moving on from a head coach. Uh, it means you're not doing. You're not winning uh, like you're supposed to uh, here. And that's the reason we're having the conversation. And uh, I think there was a lot of risk involved in in keeping Dan Mullen and or getting rid of Dan Mullen. I mean, I think you can look at it both ways. By keeping Dan Mullen, I'll go back to recruiting again, of course. It's not trending in the right right direction right now. And I I have said this a lot the last couple weeks. It was the the light at the end of the tunnel end of the tunnel the hope where was the hope coming from just because you fired Todd Grantham and John Hevesy I'm supposed to have hope in that now granted you get credit for making the change but you made the changes too late that that's what it was recruiting had already fallen for this class this class was falling apart already partly because of the record this season I've always said results on the field winning already proven it doesn't necessarily help you a whole lot keeps your head above water but losing certainly can hurt recruiting. And that's exactly what we were getting this year. And you were losing because you decided to bring back Todd Grantham another year. And you could not count on the defense. One more season. 
if recruiting was, was looking better and there was hope and light at the end of the tunnel and you had made that coaching change last year, Dan Mullen would still be and should be still should be still head coach at Florida. But too late in making decisions that really dug Florida into a hole that I just did not see them getting out of because of Dan Mullen's recruiting. There was nothing you could point to besides blind hope that Florida was ever going to dig out of this hole because of the hole recruiting put them in and the hole that they had to try and dig themselves out of. You're not just going to go magically hire a recruiter just as a wave a magic wand and it's going to make it better. It starts with the head man himself. And, look, I, I personally like Dan Mullen. I go back to he was my number one choice, my number one hire, but it was the hope had vanished. Could he buck the trend? Could he change? He would have to historically be the guy to buck the trend of his recruiting, his recruiting style, his recruiting rankings, however you want to define recruiting. He was going to have to buck the trend historically, be one of the first guys to ever do it like this. Is that really what you were banking on for keeping him? No. If he had made the changes last year, recruiting maybe, you know, maybe the, the record doesn't fall off like it does last year. A somewhat okay class continues there, but never willing to show the change. I think that's where it starts for me. That That's where it goes. Just a lack of hope because of, when it was done, but if you did keep him, that was that, that, those were the moves. Going to have to go f- find a defensive coordinator that could be an all-out recruiter, and whether he brings his own staff or not, that was the path. That was going to have to be the path. Dan Mullen was not going to change in in recruiting. I don't think he wanted to. I think he wanted to do it his way, and his way was not going to work if Florida wants to hold an SEC championship trophy, trips to the college football playoff, maybe you're Auburn and get one out of every now and then. Maybe, but what you know? What what did anything this year show you that that was possible? No, it's not just twenty twenty one. It is starting with the collapse at L- or LSU at home last year, resting Kyle Pitts, thinking that no matter what, even if you possibly even lost a game to LSU, that you still had a chance at a college football playoff spot. I mean, no. Um, didn't take that game serious enough to play Kyle Pitts and then lose that game inexplicably. None, no accountability for shoe tosses and penalties and things like that. Go to Atlanta, play Alabama tough, somewhat you know, confirms to Dan Mullen that he's doing something the right way, but then tells us the very next game that the you know, bowl game doesn't really matter. The game itself, no, but, I mean, you want that message out there? Basically, one of the walk-ons are playing out there. The scout team's playing out there. Those guys aren't good enough. Kind of the message that was sent there. And then, okay, let's erase it all. Let's try and get off to a a quote-unquote fresh start in 2021. 2020 is what it was. Florida had their chance. COVID year, a lot of things. Okay, well, let's start fresh and 2021 play Alabama tough again. Was it really all in the tank for that game? I mean, Florida got figured out after that game. Beat a, beat a, a quote unquote good Tennessee team. Best win of the year, honestly, if you go back and look at it. But then the bottom falls out. Go to Kentucky, lose to Kentucky again. 
I mean, there you go. I mean, the things we if the if if the program's heading heading in the right direction, you know, is Kentucky improved? Absolutely, shouldn't be. But Florida should have been improving at the same exact time, improving at the same rate as a Mark Stoops Kentucky team. When you get off to that 2018, 2019 fast start, you should be, you know, it should be going up as well. It wasn't going up. So then a lot of people will ultimately ask themselves, was this the right decision? It is the right decision to me. And I don't care who Florida gets afterwards. That doesn't matter. I, I'm comfortable in saying at this moment, the day Dan Mullen was fired, it was the right decision because I did not see the hope. I did not see light at the end of the tunnel. Now, if the next guy's worse, okay, so be it. But I still will stand by. A move needed to be made because I didn't see where it was going. I didn't have confidence in where it was going. And this whole, well, what if we go back to what it was before? What if we go back to a Will Muschamp style team or a Jim McElwain style team? Well, I'm sorry, we're, we're far enough removed from that, though. That should have been, oh, it's, it's better than it was before. I don't want to go back to that. Well, I want to go back to winning championships. And that wasn't happening either. You know, a lot of people are afraid of, the, we'll just become Tennessee and we'll rotate coaches four years every four years. There's nothing that guarantees that whatsoever. Not one bit. No, nothing guarantees that. Making a move also doesn't guarantee success for Florida either. I, I'll, I'll admit that. But you can't stand by. You can't be afraid of change. You chase it. You chase the ultimate goal. And chasing it is not just standing by with where this is at. Not going to happen. Um, hold on, guys. I'm just having to answer some work stuff at the same time. Of course, it's going to be busy today um, and the next couple of days. Uh, but big news, you know, Dan Mullen uh, fired there. So, of course, I have told you guys uh, I would not talk coaching change until it actually happens or not change, but who's next, of course. <laughs> and a lot of names uh, out there. We'll get into a hot board. I mean, this can be a list. I won't necessarily say hot board because I won't dive too much into it until this week uh, of their, but the names, of course, I'll bring up the names now, maybe who I would lean towards. I've, uh, as I said last year or last time we were going through this, Dan Mullen was at the top of my list up there with Chip Kelly and Scott Frost and how it played out. But Dan Mullen was my, was my number one. Um, so with this, I am, I'm, I'm hard. And I'll be the first to admit there's not this urban Meyer superstar under the radar. Well, I mean, Meyer wasn't under the radar, but you know, coming from a smaller program, working his way up, there's not that guy out there right now. There's just, there's not. Now, can somebody turn into that? But there's not a laser beam on this one particular person um, that I think you can really. I mean, look, even Urban Meyer had us questions about him. I think we were all excited for him as Gator fans, but. Oh, his offense is that offense is not going to work in the SEC. There's no way it'll work. Okay, it did. But now, as we look later, and who could be the next Florida head coach? The two names I think are likely. If I had to, you know, and I'm not even saying it will be one of these two guys, but if I had to pick, I'd go Billy Napier or Lane Kiffin. I think those two would. 
entertain Florida. I think those two guys would choose Florida. Now, Billy Napier, I think you have to watch out for Virginia Tech. He does like – even before Fuente was fired at Virginia Tech, I heard he really liked that job. Um, but now Florida has made the move. And I, look, part, we talk timing here. I think part of this timing of moving on from Dan Mullen, Florida's got to get in this coaching ring. LSU has already made moves. USC's already made moves. Now, Florida's up there with those two teams. Florida's up there program stature-wise, absolutely. Florida – now, I don't think Florida and USC are necessarily going to be going after the same guys too much. I really don't. Florida, LSU, absolutely. LSU's got a head start. So, there, you, you, the question of when do you make a move away from Dan Mullen, part of it is Florida's got a – Florida's got a – in. I'll, I'll say that I don't think that's as dire. I think Florida needed to do it to get in there. I don't think it's as dire, though, because everybody kind of knew that this was coming. Agents out there, head coaches out there, they knew there was a big, big possibility this job was going to open up. So it was just going to – they were going to stay. Now, don't get me wrong. I think LSU's probably had some conversations with people out there. USC's had some conversations. But I don't think any big hire was going to be made until somebody found out that Florida was going to make a move. So with this, you know, I, I mentioned names. Here's the thing. Florida, now, there's going to have to be some in administration by. We've heard and we've talked about recruiting budgets, um, money that's out there to go hire names, hire staff. That wasn't a problem under Dan Mullen and, and this staff. Now, I will, I'll, I'll back up the administration right there. Dan Mullen was getting paid a hefty salary. Todd Grantham getting paid a hefty salary. And you're about to pay buyouts now, but that's taken care of. Money better not be an option. If Florida Florida wants to you know, get serious about this, LSU is going to get serious. Now, I'm not saying they're going to get their top choice, but LSU is going to do everything they can to make sure they get their guy. They're not going to be go. They're not going to be afraid to spend. Florida better not be either. Now, I don't know how much we'll know that or what, but. Napier at Louisiana, will he, will he make the move to the bigger program? As I said, watch out for Virginia Tech there. He likes Virginia Tech, but I think he'd listen to Florida. He's turned down some SEC jobs in the past, South Carolina, Tennessee, Auburn. Turned him down. Would he turn down Florida? I don't think so. Lane Kiffin, another hot name out there at Ole Miss, of course. Um Uh, he'll be he'll be brought up plenty. Um, you know, everybody will look back at USC as him being at a big program and it not working out. Recruiting was going well uh, there at USC in Lane Kiffin's time there. Goes to the Alabama Rehab Project under Nick Saban. Offense is flying around. Gets a head job at FAU. Has some big-time success there. Success there. Goes to Ole Miss. Walks into a bad defense already. Uh, I know that's some question uh, there. Uh, about Lane Kiffin as well. Now at Ole Miss setting all kind of records, Matt Corral's his quarterback. Matt Corral won't be there next year. Um, <laughs> so would it be a easy path out for Lane Kiffin? I think he has plenty of interest in Florida. Um, and why, will Miami make a move there? Would it, could it be a Florida-Miami battle for Lane Kiffin? Something I think you uh, you keep an eye on there. I don't think I'm being biased. From what I'm told, he'd have more interest in Florida. Um, sorry. A few other big names, of course, though. 
I mean, there's plenty, plenty names out there. Mario Cristobal, I don't think will be in the mix. I think he'll stay at Oregon. I know his name will be out there. I'm not saying Florida should not pursue or Florida should not make a call. I just don't think he'll make that move. Um, Luke Fickle, I think, is a name worth keeping an eye on. I don't think he'd be the guy, but I think you have to make the call, see if the interest is there. Midwest guy, Ohio guy, all his connections are there. It doesn't necessarily scare me. If you if you can recruit, you, you can recruit. If you follow me on Twitter, if you follow me on here, recruiters recruit. I say it all the time. Urban Meyer did not have a Southeast reputation when he came from Utah to Florida. Now, I'm not going to sit here and try and compare everybody to Urban Meyer. That's not my point. Just saying you don't need it. You don't have to have it. Is it helpful? Somebody like Billy Napier who already has some Southeast ties? Absolutely. I think it is helpful. But I don't necessarily think it slows you down. I don't necessarily think that's a reason you do – that you don't make a hire there. If he's the right guy, you know, I think you look at that and I think you put him in the ring. I think you put his hat. I think, I think you put his name in the hat. Um, but Kiffin, Napier, to me, I think are the top two. I'd lean right now. I know everybody's going to not want to hear the name brought up because of past Florida coaching searches. Bob Stoops' name could, should be brought up. Um, I'm trying to dig more there. I do, I do have a mutual connection to, 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 to Bob Stoops. I'm hopefully can find out, dig around there. Mike Bianchi of the Orlando Sentinel is reporting that he would have interest. I can try and dig that up myself as well. I can, <laughs> I have a mutual connection there. Um, so getting some fillers out on that one. Um, so we'll see if there's any real interest there uh, with Bob Stoops. If there's in, you know, from Florida side and from Bob Stoops side, I think you can kick the tires on that too. Very good last year at Oklahoma before he retired in June of 2017. Uh, and Lincoln Riley takes over. Uh, but a lot of success there at Oklahoma. Background in Florida. Steve Spurrier knows Bob Stoops, of course, as well. Um, now, a lot of people wondered back then, would it make a lot of sense to leave Oklahoma for Florida? He's retired now. So I think that's why it's still worth bringing up. I never bought into it in the other the other coaching searches with Bob Stoops uh, when Florida had an opening. But I think it's with him retired. He did say, I think, in a recent interview out there that he'd get into coaching if it was the right move, right right timing, right right place. Would Florida do that? Now, his, I think demands would be up there as an experienced retired. You, you'd have to, you know, if he wants to get back into it, he's retired already. I think there's a lot of demands that come with that to get him out of the, the, the retirement. I think that's another name. I think to keep an eye on, like I said, if you ask me right now, I think it would be Kiffin or Napier. I really do. Um, I see. I'm going to try and go through some of the comments here, guys. I know um, hard to keep up with uh, there. Somebody bringing up Joe Brady. Joe Brady does not want to recruit. That was a reputation of his being at LSU. It was never really a long-term hire there either. Um, I don't like knowing the reputation of somebody who does not want to recruit. Uh, he's an NFL guy. He wants to probably stay in the NFL, wants to be an NFL head coach one day uh, there so for, for Joe Brady. So I don't think you can take a risk on what the reputation is as somebody – look, probably should have started with that. You know, what are we looking for in the next head coach? Recruiting, 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 development. 
If I, if I couldn't be any more clear about that, let me go one more time. Recruiting, 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 development. It starts with the players. We know that. Don't give me, oh, Michigan State made the playoff one year. Whoop-de-doo. I'm, I'm not talking about making the playoff one year. I'm not talking about winning a conference championship one year. I'm talking about winning consistently. It was my worry about Dan Mullen coming in. That worry showed up. And then I think we know the path. No? Could it be easier said than done? Absolutely, it can be easier said than done. I mean, we know what's got to happen. But you know, can you get somebody that's going to out-recruit Kirby Smart? Can you get somebody that's going to out-recruit Nick Saban? That's a lot to ask. I'll, I'll, I'll admit that. I don't think you have to recruit at that level. I think you need to hit that every year or so, every couple years or so. But you better be on their heels. You better be on the heels of what they're doing in the recruiting world. And it's going to get harder. Texas, Oklahoma coming into the SEC. That's something else you really have to throw into this mix. It's not now just recruiting versus Florida, I mean, against Alabama and Georgia and LSU and Texas A&M. Throw two more programs in the SEC now that are going to recruit at that level or can recruit at that level. That's something else you got to factor into this next hire is when the SEC is going to change in a couple years. It's going to get harder. See some names here. Frank Bibbs brings up Brent Venables, their defensive coordinator at Clemson, of course. Um, uh, I don't want another first-timer, honestly. I really don't. I don't want to go that route again. Has not worked out for Florida uh, in the past. I don't think you can make that risk. Now, look, I know a, a lot of this coming up here is, well, if you fire Dan Mullen, who are you going to get? Well, first of all, it's not our job. That's the AD administration's job uh, to go out there and identify who that is. And also, that does not, not stop you from making a move, making a change. But, yeah, I can't go the first time route. I'm just not saying it can't be successful. Uh, you got somebody like Kirby Smart out there, but he learned for years, years under Nick Saban. What, seven, seven seasons, I think? Seven, eight seasons there under, under, under um, Saban. Walked into Georgia, had his demands, knows what it takes by being under Saban for that long. Expressed to the boosters, to the supporters, to the administration of what needs to be done to get to that level. Is he at Alabama level? Not yet. Not till he wins a title. They are consistent, though. They are consistently competing for championships. They could get it this year, but as I've always said, they're doing good enough to keep Florida, keep and hold Florida at bay consistently. Yeah, you got the one win in twenty twenty. Okay, you get credit for that, but one in three versus Georgia because of how they're building their program. I mean, what were, you, were as I said, where was the hope that you were just going to pass Georgia? Are we going to really sit here and say in year four that, oh, Dan, Dan Mullen's development was going to get past Kirby? No, it wasn't. It was never going to get past Kirby on a consistent basis. As I said, you might have that one year every now and then. It just lined up last year. You're just going to bank on hope? Nope. Keep seeing Urban. Urban is not leaving the NFL to come to Florida. 
Um, John Gruden, get that out of here. That's ridiculous. Um, I know some people don't like the Napier Kiffin um, route, and I and, and I get it. Uh, when I do my big board, when I really dive into these coaches, I'll make a coach probably cases for and cases against. Off the top of my head, Napier, no big experience. Um, learned over Saban, and then from what I've heard, Saban thinks very highly of Billy Napier, very high from everything I can get. I can chase up more on that aspect of it, but I have been told that. Um, has 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 Louisiana win the nine games a year, ten games a year, recruiting better than they ever have? Does that translate to Florida? You know, when we were looking at Dan Mullen and Mississippi State, we knew the recruiting wasn't that great, but it was, okay, well, Florida logo will help. It may help in some regard, but not to the level what it should have. You still, you still have to be able to do it, not just rely on the logo. So, of course, it was going to be better Mississippi State recruiting, but could it be at the level that it needed to be at? Napier might can unlock that. He's got a history of recruiting well at a school that he's been at. Um, I see some people, yeah, Georgia's defensive coordinator, Dan Lanning. I just – I cannot get on board with a first-timer. Not saying it would not work out. I don't know if it would or not. I just I, – I do think it's a risk there. I think you have to get a head coach from somewhere else. That That's the way I would do it. Um, let's see. James Franklin, no, I don't think that's going to happen. Dave Aranda's another name out there. I'd say watch for those West Coast jobs for him in uh, Washington, USC. That is another name that's out there. Should have been should should be should be brought up. Watch for LSU for him too with his history at LSU. But he is a West Coast guy, so I say wait for look for LSU, USC, Washington in that regard uh, for for Aranda. Hugh Freeze names brought up. I don't think Florida administration touches him with his with his background at Ole Miss and the recruiting violations and everything else that went on the improper actions that were under his watch at Ole Miss as a coach, you would sign me. I'd sign right now as a recruiter. I'd sign right now. <laughs> now, if you, now if somebody like Hugh Freeze, could he take advantage of NIL now? Could that be the equalizer of what he had at Ole Miss uh, from the improper stuff that was going on there? Maybe, but I am telling you as a pure coach, as an X's and O's guy and a recruiter, I mean, Hugh Freeze is up there. I just would – I mean, put it this way. If if I could get past that, if I think the Florida administration could get past that, he probably would be at the top of my list of where I think Florida would go. I think it's Kiffin Napier right now. I'd throw Freeze up there if it was not for the behind-the-scenes stuff that went on at Ole Miss. As a pure coach, I think he'd be the top choice. He'd be my top choice. But I do think I will have to weigh in what I think Florida will do at the same time, and I don't think they touch him because of that. See, somebody brought up Dave Clawson. Can't go that. I don't think he has the repu- a known reputation of recruiting. Um, so I think he's a really good coach too, a good X's and O's coach, about like in the same realm as Mullen. But I can't go there. 
I got to know more about recruiting, and I'm just not sure. Kevin Sumlin, no. Um, <laughs> Chip Kelly, that was fun, wasn't it? <laughs> uh, there we go. I, I, I think I could probably go there with it uh, for, for most of the list, most of the names right there. Um, I think Bill O'Brien. No, I mean, he, he did good at Penn State. I, I know probably way too much of what happened in the NFL there. Uh, Kyle Whittingham, before I go to Utah route again, uh, SWV33 here on YouTube brings that up. Um, Kyle Whittingham, it would be interesting. I mean, put it on Oregon yesterday. I mean, talking about Luke Fickle or uh, Mario Cristobal, and if he'd leave Oregon or not, I mean, those two guys went head-to-head yesterday. Um, and who, um, very interesting name brought up Brian Johnson. I don't think you give him the head job. Um, I, some people in ID Mata said, I'm not saying you're saying that you're saying bring him back as OC. I've seen fun Florida fans bring up his name as a potential head coach. I can't go that route first time either. I love Brian Johnson. I cannot jump that far with him. Um, now you, you're bringing up here. If somebody does, if you're bringing an offensive guy, I'm not sure you bring back in Brian Johnson. I think I don't know if he would look for that either. I think he'd be looking for like sole control of the offense or a head coach somewhere. Um, I mean, his name was in the what Boise State head coaching search last year, I think. So I see that as his next move uh, if he's going to be a head coach, one of those lower tier schools uh, like that. Uh, let's see. No to Charlie Strong. I don't know why anybody thinks that would be a good idea with his head coaching record at Texas and South Florida. Had some success at Louisville. Probably would recruit okay in the state of Florida. He'd recruit better than Mullen, but after what I've seen his last two stops, the USF probably wasn't really going to be great anyway, but one big gigantic program already and 80 Malive. With a lot of pressure at Texas, probably not a great fit there either. He'd be a better fit at Florida. I don't. I I can't go that route with it. Gene Chizik, another name that will be brought up, former Auburn head coach, now SEC Network analyst, brought him up. Of course, if you listen to Gators Breakdown as a defensive coordinator uh, to replace Todd Grantham under Dan Mullen, um, I do think he'd get a call. He might get an interview. Probably would interview for the job. Not, I'd have other guys above him, but he's a former Gator. Now there, uh, just trying to get some of you guys here that's watching live on YouTube. Some of your thoughts here. See if there's anybody on this. I think I've hit most of these names here. And look, there's going to be, as I said, there's not that one guy. And even like I said, Urban Meyer had his detractors. Whoever Florida decides to go with, there's going to be a big split in the fan base of this if this is the guy. As I say, and I'll say once again, it does not mean you do not make a move if there's not that for sure guy out there. I don't know if there's a for sure guy next year. You bring back Dan Mullen. If you, if you would have brought back Dan Mullen and the job doesn't get done next year, then are you doing like Clay Helton in USC? Are you firing him early very next season with Utah and Kentucky and Tennessee on the early part of the schedule? I don't see there's magically going to be this better candidate next year. I think I think you had to make the move. Um, but 
Kithin, Napier, 1A, 1B. I'll so I'll say 1C for Hugh Freeze, but my disclaimer out there is I don't think this I don't think the admin would go there. Um I see the, the, the joke of Jimbo Fisher because <laughs> his name's going to get thrown up all the time <laughs> for, for coaching hires out there. Um, let's see here. Uh, da, 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 da. Uh, somebody asked about a second show tonight. I'm not sure yet if we learn anything in the press conference coming up and all that. We will. I'm about to sign off here uh, and watch that at 3 o'clock. Uh, Mel Tucker... I wouldn't hate it. Um, I mean, I know a lot of people are going to go and look at the Michigan State, Ohio State game yesterday as a, oh, no, heck no. It's his second season there. He's building the program. He wouldn't be near the top of my list, but, I, you know, I wouldn't hate the hire. Um, <laughs> Scott Frost. <laughs> uh, not sure that was serious or not. All right, let me scroll. Um, but yeah, okay, there we go. I got most of them in there. <sighs> All right, there we go. Dan Mullen let go at Florida. There'll be plenty, plenty more coverage here on Gators Breakdown the next couple of days following this. Uh, Scott Strickland and his press conference coming up. And we'll probably learn some more there. But there we go. Maybe we'll learn maybe the timeline of all this. Was it after the South Carolina game when this was decided and just the final straw now versus you know the Missouri, the, the Missouri loss? Um, but I'll still stand by. I think it was time. I just didn't see much hope there. It stinks. Uh, I wish – you know, Dan Mullen was winning. I thought the capability, I thought the potential was there. If he would just change some things, too little, too late there on the Dan Mullen front. But all right, there we go. Follow along here on Gators Breakdown for the next, I mean, always, if you want to. Hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. That helps us out here on Gators Breakdown, bringing you right here, break, kind of breaking news right on the heels of Florida and Dan Mullen parting ways. So, all right. Stay tuned to Gators Breakdown the next couple of days, ladies and gentlemen. Plenty of talk here, and uh, we'll try and get ready for an FSU game the week of Thanksgiving here. A game still to be played, but I know there will be no burying the lead here of Florida's coaching search after Dan Mullen is fired from the University of Florida. So, right, I'm David Waters. You can find me on Twitter at GatorDave underscore SEC. Guys and girls out there, thanks for listening to this episode of Gators Breakdown.